Hey everybody, my name is Willie Davis, a real estate entrepreneur from Metro Detroit. And catch me this week on The Jesse T Show. Willie, hey. welcome to the show, brother. Good morning. Dude, how about yesterday, huh? <laughs> Hanging out on a Sunday on the Beltline in Atlanta? It was great. It was amazing. Yeah, right? and it just got into town too a few hours ago, so yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Hell yeah. It feels great. I love Atlanta. Yeah, dude. Yes. I know. I know you're uh, you're gonna be. I don't know if this is. We could talk about this yet, but you're, you're eyeing Atlanta potentially. <laughs> I love Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave that there. Um, yeah. So so welcome, and and I know that uh, you know we have a mutual friend. Yes. Tammy McQueen. Tammy McQueen. Amazing yes. human being. She is. Three of us got to hang out yesterday at uh, New Realm Brewing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was that your second time, third time? Gosh, I think every time I go there mm. or come in town, I go there. So you go there a lot. You've probably yes. been there more than I was actually there a month ago. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> so they know you. They're like welcoming. Like, oh, here he comes again. So yes. New Realm Brewing Company is really cool. There's this place in Atlanta that they've really done a really great job with over the years called the Beltline, the Beltline yes. area. It runs kind of like through Midtown-ish. And you have all these beautiful uh, new concepts over the last few years, like these old yeah. factories that were redone and turned into like multi-unit, uh, you know, businesses and yes. living places and restaurants. And so you have one that's Pont City Market on one end. You have Krog over on the other end. Yeah, just this really cool, you know. And then the Beltline itself is a place for people that are on scooters and running and bikes and skateboards. Yeah. And if it's busy enough, you got to be careful. Like you yeah. got to dodge people. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because when I was at the airport yesterday flying in from Detroit, I seen this guy um, going around the airport on a skateboard. And in my mind, I'm like, how are you? First of all, I can barely stay on a skateboard mm -hmm. anyway, but mm -hmm. I'm like, how are you navigating to the airport? But you know, that also reminds me of how the Beltline has evolved. You know, I've been coming to Atlanta many times a year for the last five, six years. And you know, it used to be a place where it just, just to go exercise. Yep. And then as it's built up over the years and it's connecting neighborhoods and communities. So yeah, that's, that's an amazing area. It's insane, dude. It's like, uh, I love it over there because I grew up in the city of Boston and mm -hmm. just outside of the Beltline, you kind of get this neighborhoody feel, but within yes. just a few minute walk, you just get right kind of like more of a city vibe. And it's yeah. like right there. Mm -hmm. So it kind of feels like home a little bit. I have some friends down over there that we, you know, just go either go work out or we go eat. And it's just like a nice, it's like a adult play place. It is. It's really fun. <laughs> it's really cool. You meet it amazing is. people. They got a skate park over there. Um, you get skateboarders, rollerbladers, which I did both growing up for a little bit, rollerblading more than skateboarding. And then you have a beautiful, and this speaks to my heart because I used to what we call tag, but graffiti. Yes, yes. It's everywhere down there. It is. And now, like, especially with a lot of like civil rights stuff mm -hmm. that's coming back to fruition and yeah. like a lot of people that are voicing their opinions, you see this beautiful artwork that's just everywhere. popping up over there. Mm -hmm. And I spent probably a good couple hours there the last time I was there just walking through and look because I, I admire the artwork. Yeah. And there's these little things on the side, the paved walls that kind of go up into the where the bridges are kind of like the overpasses yeah. and like there's these little like almost inconspicuous pieces of art where you open up a box and like there's these good fortunes in there oh wow and it yeah. said i actually have one and then I, well maybe not in here um i think i left it that's from actually a fortune cookie i think but, <laughs> but basically it's just like this beautiful amalgamation of of culture and spirit and just it's, it's beautiful to see what's happening over there absolutely and then you know you know in detroit too there's a lot of um, local artists even some from across the country too yeah. um that have been painting just amazing murals and and the thing i love about it and you know even kind of the same here 
it's bringing people together sure. you know my girlfriend and i will go to downtown detroit or even some of the other outside areas um and just check them out you know and seeing the murals with the names on it um them representing local um heroes yes. whether it be nurses firefighter yep. you know firefighters or policemen so every every town has yes. a story uh you know atlanta's mm -hmm. really big mlk is from here yes. there's a lot mm -hmm. of like civil rights like like prominence that's yes. happened in atlanta and it's 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 interesting that we we haven't gotten to where we should be by now. You know what I mean? Yes. Equality for everyone, right? Absolutely. It's like everyone's equal. And, and it's, it's sad that there's people that don't believe that and don't feel that. Yes. You know? What's your, and this is kind of going off in the no, personal realm, but what's yes. your experience been over like during COVID, especially with like a lot of like the riots? Were there a lot of riots happening in Detroit? For, like Atlanta uh, yeah. was a hotbed for that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, early on there, there were some, yeah. um, but most of them were peaceful protests. And, and I believe that there were some bad people attaching themselves to a good cause for and sure. good movement. And, yep. you know, so we had a curfew for, I think about four or five days and then that curfew kind of weeded a lot of it out. Good. But over over these last few months, we've been seeing a lot of people just coming together and having peaceful protests all over Metro Detroit yep. for you know various things. And and you know, and it's it's just been an amazing thing to see come out of an unfortunate event. Yeah. You know, some beauty and, out of the disaster, so to abs speak, right? absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of times, you know, myself, I I hope that it's not temporary. Yep. You know, uh, you know, with Breonna Taylor, you know, they're always saying, say her name, don't forget her name, and yep. um, George Floyd, and and everybody else that you know were before them, and we just hope that that people just don't forget, forget what we're doing this for, and realizing that at the end of the day we all this impacts all of us for sure you know for sure if if you're a black person it impacts you in a way if you're a white person or even if you're a person who is ignorant to the fact that this is going on yeah and there are people that have no clue or they think yes. there's no problem and then when Absolutely. you sit with people like my friends mm -hmm. or people that i talk to and you understand from their perspective and point of view as yeah. a black man in america or wherever the case may be yes how the system is literally rigged against you in a lot of ways and at yes. the flip side to that is there's people that know that and it's like mm -hmm. you know what i'm still going to go out and carve my own path i'm still yes. going to go out and do what i have to do and yes mm -hmm. I'll, i might have to deal with this bullshit, yes. but i'm not going to let it drag me down so that i can't do what i need to do for myself my mm -hmm. family my business and absolutely everything. yeah me and some of my close friends will have a conversation i have a friend that lives in la and and a lot of times you know he's a black man in tech and and he's um you know he works for amazon and and he's been carving away and making a path for himself. And a lot of nice. times him and I have had conversations where no matter your credentials, you know, he's got a, a master's degree. He's been in tech for 10, 12 years. Yeah. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been building something for myself and we've come, we've, we're come from the same area, yeah. you know, in Metro Detroit, but sometimes we will still walk into a room and there is somebody that will remind us that we are a black man, or we have to continue to remind ourselves that, that, okay, it doesn't matter what I accomplished before I walked into this room. Yep. You know, somebody in this room potentially will only see me as a black man. As a threat, as, as an a, unknown, like just yes. like, versus just a human being. Yes, and, and look Literally at me and just say, just a human being. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and look at me or him or whoever and say, how dare you have the audacity to come into this room and try to have a seat at this table? Yeah. You know, so those are conversations that I do have with myself at yep. times, but, like you said, it doesn't stop me. It just prepares me. 
it's interesting, like the dynamic that you must have to have and the mindset. Like, and I guess it's all situational. Like growing up in of the course. city, uh, you know, there's different things to be mindful of there. And and I I got away from that even just in a much different context. Like growing up in the city, you're very mindful of your surroundings. You're very mindful mm -hmm. of potential threats. You're you're you know, where I grew up in Boston, it's very fight or flight, especially as a kid, like you're, you're fighting a lot. And you're, you're, it's just it's how it is. And as you grow up, you have to, you know, realize things to protect yourselves. And so yeah. when I moved to Georgia, I kind of got soft a little bit because I got away from that city mentality that like I started leaving my car door unlocked. I lived in a nice neighborhood. Yeah. And like one day I came out to my car and my shit was missing. <laughs> like, like stuff was stolen out of my gym bag and like my stereo. I didn't even know they still do this, but they stole the stereo from oh. the car. And I'm like, that's still a thing. Like people still do that. But I, I realized that like I the, the ways that I had that protected me in a sense, I kind of yes. got away from that. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting that the different situations you have to have a yeah. mindset of like protecting not putting yourself into a bad situation Absolutely. and even here's another one too that came mm -hmm. up over the years like um much like yourself i have a lot of entrepreneur friends yes successful people and you know there's this one guy that was telling me how you know when hiring a babysitter they had to be mm -hmm. careful of the person they were hiring because you know if this babysitter is you know of a certain age yes. and she looks at this family as you know a potential way to make money like let's say worst case scenario she could come up and say hey he did something to me you know what i mean Absolutely. like you have yeah. to mind yourself like so like there's been situations where even just as a guy yeah i don't put myself in a bad situation so that yeah. it's like someone can't just come out and say you did something Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, whatever scenarios or situations that you're in, you have to be, you know, mindful and think about that. And then even growing up, I've, I've had this conversation with a few close friends over the last few years. Um, the talk yeah. that, and not the birds and the bees talk, right. um, <laughs> but that talk that we, every black family has when your child or especially, you know, your son gets to a certain age and how to interact with the police or if you get pulled over. Yeah. And, and the talk, at least that I had in my family and, and people around me, it isn't, you know, uh, the talk about, you know, how police are threatening or anything like that. It's just recognize that you are different yeah. and that the scenario potentially could be different. So a few years ago, you know, when the whole Black Lives Matter movement was really pushing, yeah. um, I remember a white coworker of mine, um, I kind of, she, she asked me, she was like, you know, she's like, explain this to me. I don't get it. And, um, and, and she was a great lady, but in my mind, I said, okay. I said, you're a white lady in suburbia, uh, Detroit, literally married with two kids and a white picket fence. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. um, so I said, <laughs> that prototypical thing, yeah, yeah like yes. one and a half dog. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I said, okay, let me, let me explain this to yeah. you. I said, I said, when you get pulled over, you probably, um, you get pulled over and like, oh my God, what's happening? You yeah. know, and police officer taps on your window to roll it down. And then you, you know, say license registration. You just willy nilly go through your purse or reach over your glove box and everything. And, and you have no fear, no threat, no, just no concept, no concept of what it could have been. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And I said, but when I get pulled <clears throat> over, um, before the police officer even gets out of their car, I turn my car off. Yep. I roll down all my windows. Yep. A lot of times I have tenant windows anyway, but I roll down all my windows. <laughs> I turn on my dome light, you know, if it's at night or something. I have my license and registration in my hand ready to go. Yep. I don't care what he's pulling me over for. I just know he pulled me over. And I have to eliminate all of these different threats. Yes. I don't have the luxury to um, wait for him to fumble in a glove fumble. box, like yeah. reach into something. Exactly, yeah. you know. And, um, and when I explained it to her that way, she got it, yep. you know, yep. and 
I don't mind having conversations with people about these topics or yeah. anything like that, yeah. um, especially if you are asking and it's coming from a good place right. or you genuinely want to know. Yeah. But if you are coming from a place of ignorance by choice, mm -hmm. it's 2020. Yeah. It's October 2020. Right, for better or we, worse. <laughs> yes, we, are, <laughs> we no longer can we. Can I accept the fact, and can we as human beings accept the fact that we are ignorant because the information is not available? Yeah. It is. It's available. not an excuse anymore. It, it's not. Yeah, it's not. So, um, but, but like I said, if someone asks me and they really want to try to understand it, um, I'll, I'll have this conversation until I'm blue in the face. If I feel. I can I can move the post a little bit, or we can come to some understanding. Yeah. Um, earlier this summer, you know, Tammy and I, um, our podcast on the Verge, we did an episode about racism in America, yep. and um, in that particular episode, th that episode kind of came organically because we weren't going to talk about that. Yeah. But when we got on camera, she said, "How are you doing?" and all the emotion, everything just kind of came out. And we talked about that for about 35, 40 minutes. Um, just what I experienced, what she experienced in, um, in your personal life, in corporate America, and just whatever. Yeah. And after I posted that episode, I had a lot of my friends that I've known since middle school, high school, whatever, you know, a white friend, they got it too. And the thing is, and I, I said this to my sister, I said, you know, We've been black our whole lives. I'm 34, she's 37, and we, there are still times today that we are reminding people around us that we are black. Yeah. We don't always wave a flag of, you know, hey, I'm black, and every single, you know, when yeah. you call it out every single time, you know, a lot of times like, you just have a conversation with people, you vibe, you're good. Yeah. But sometimes you do have to remind people that a situation, a scenario, or, or my life, um, my upbringing in cases, is different. Yeah. Um, I'm experiencing different things, so I don't. I you know. Let's not forget the fact that there is a difference. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah. So when I post that, and um, a lot of my friends, they they got it and they understood and they started. Some of them started to understand the Black Lives Matter movement, at least its original intent. Sure. You know, a, a little better and um, and. And that in of itself was enough for me. And I said, okay, now I'm heard. Yeah. You know, people are seeing me more than just a friend or, you know, another person. They're really seeing the difference that I'm bringing and the difference that I have. So yeah. <clears throat> that goes back to some of the beauty that we were talking about as far as like out of the struggle and out of the, the pain, there is beauty that comes from things like that. And, and, and the, the knowledge and the removal of ignorance towards these things that mm -hmm. affect people. Yes. Now they understand. Now, like mm -hmm. maybe they don't understand, but like at least they're they're cognizant of how these things are actually happening. Yes. And maybe to operate differently in the world moving forward. So you've literally Absolutely. affected people's lives. And so, so pivoting to um, you know kind of how you're showing up in the world with business and real estate and doing mm -hmm. all the things you're doing. Uh, give us some context on that journey. What that's been like for you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, in 2018, um, I was fortunate enough to have my purpose revealed to me. Okay. How? Um, it just felt right okay. in what I okay. was doing. So, um, and my purpose is helping people. Yep. I can't write Oprah checks <laughs> or Tyler Perry checks <laughs> or anything. Not yet. Maybe one day. You know, but in, in whatever capacity 
in everything that I'm doing, um, I consider myself, you know, helping people and being a servant leader. So Beautiful. I serve in my church yep. and I've gotten more integrated in my church as a real estate agent. I'm helping families. Yeah, I have clients, some clients that just have money, they want to spend it or whatever, but but there's a lot of clients that get a, a bunch of no's before they get to me. Right. So I need to make sure I'm building a, uh, you know, resources around me that can help my clients. Um, if I'm on the phone with my client for 30, 40 minutes, an hour, just just giving them perspective and understanding and just making sure that their experience with me, whether they get a home or not, is the best experience that they can have. Yep. Um, when I started the podcast, it was, it came from experiences. You know, Tammy and I, all last year, were both entrepreneurs and we would have conversations <clears throat> on the phone on a weekly or monthly basis, crying, bitching, moaning, you know, just frustrated. About the journey. About the journey. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, I, have, I have friends or people I can talk to, but you, when a lot of your friends are nine to five, sometimes they, they just don't get don't it. Get it. Yep. Um, and they don't want to, you know, they, they're like, I'm nine to five, great. We need people like that, so I don't have to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that podcast came from just, okay, I've made it through a lot of shit. Now I have a responsibility to teach it to people, to help people, yep. to let somebody out there know that you're not alone. You sitting in your car on your lunch break, you know, grabbing the steering wheel, like, what the hell am I doing? Right. You're not alone. We've yep. all done it. You know, for sure. And I might do it today. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hopefully not. I know. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully today is to turn on the music nice and loud. Enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so once all of um, the things that I was putting effort into started to feel right, yeah. and it was starting to come into place. I was like, okay, this is my purpose. I have to help people. This is, I started to have that mindset of I've gone through this shit. I've gone through the struggle. I've gone through this situation for a reason. Yeah. Now I have a responsibility to teach somebody, to teach it to somebody, to help somebody. And that's, and, and that whole thought process just kind of helped my purpose be revealed to me. Beautiful. And I know a lot of people in their life will go their whole life. Um, not knowing what their purpose Many. is. Yeah. Um, so once once it was revealed to me, like I, said, I I just had a responsibility at that point in time, and I stepped you know, into it. I stepped into how, it. How did you get to that point where it was revealed to you? Was it something you had been contemplating for a while? Was it work that you were doing? Were you chased? Like were you getting your real estate life lately? How did it yeah. all kind of come to fruition? Where you it, it dawned on you yeah. one day, you're like this is the path. Yeah. Um, you know, I I got my real estate license in 2017. Okay. So I you know I really started that um, that year. And you know that first year of entrepreneurship, you're kind of floundering. You're just mm -hmm. trying to grab any kind of business that what doesn't matter who it is, what it is, or anything, just as long as it's something. ethical. Yeah. <laughs> right, ethical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so as I was coming into 2018, 2018 was a really good year, but I started to just get a little more in tuned to what I was doing and were and how I was showing up sure. to things. Um, and and like I said, it, everything just started to feel right. I, I had to be in the mind space for it. You know, um, sometimes, you know, your purpose might be right in front of you, but if you are not ready to receive it, yep. then you'll, you won't find it. Um, and if, and if you're not ready to receive it, then you're not ready to step into it. Yep. So, I, th I think just God just prepared me f for that. 
And, and I'm very fortunate and grateful for that. And from that point on, it, everything just started to feel good. Okay. Um, of, of that I was attaching my name to yep. and that I was doing. And then even going into this year and, and with relationships, personal relationships, romantic business, friendships, it's just you, you, you start to get a little more serious and intentional about those things. Yeah. And you say, okay, what, what does this look like? You know, and yep. we talked about this a lot yesterday too, you yep. know, just when you, when you get into relationships and you know, my girlfriend and I, when we met, Kind of even going back to, because um, I don't even think I told you this yesterday, but we met two days before George Floyd's death. Wow. And we're in an interracial relationship. Yeah. So our first date, I told you about it, it was great, you know, this and that. Yeah. And by the three, you know, two days later, heavy conversation. It, we're past what's your favorite color. Yeah. And what's your favorite flower. What, do, you, do you feel like, because I get pretty deep pretty quick with people. Yes. Uh, and I feel like right away you, you either find yourself amongst friends or maybe you just, you know, they're not on the same level or same vibe. But did you find, what did you find from having that conversation two days in, in terms of like your relationship yes. with her? Um, so I remember that day, it was a Tuesday and I was laying on the couch and we were kind of texting and he was like, oh, how was your day? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I said, oh, my day was good. Or I said, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. And in that moment, I said, that doesn't feel right because I'm not fine. Yeah. Good. And I immediately felt this, this level of, you know, not being authentic. And I didn't even know at that time what she was asking me or if she was willing to go there. But I said, you know, I said, I'm kind of fucked up right now. I said, I'm not feeling good, you know? And, and then we started having a conversation about it and she was actually waiting for me to bring it up. She wanted to talk about yeah. it, but you know, as being a white woman and not quite sure how to approach that or, you know, hey, we only, <laughs> we only met each other once at right. that time, you know, yeah. how we were stepping into it. And we stepped in and, and we went and we went there and, and I, in that conversation, I learned from her, you know, how much of an ally that she is, how much she educates herself about black history, black culture, just American culture and, you know, the disproportionate, you know, things that happen and yeah. go on. Yep. Um, but I also immediately realized in that conversation, she has created a safe space for me to, at that point in time and any time in the future, to talk about these things. Good. I have a, I have an ear. Yeah. Um, and just like, you know, contrary, I, you know, on, on the other side, I've been able to create a safe space for her to be able to come to me and talk to me about things. So, so very early on, we just created a safe space. Nice. First topic just ended up being about race. Right. You got pretty deep pretty quick and it helped you <laughs> yes. probably connect better. Yeah. Right. And then I finally asked her like a month later, I was like, oh yeah. I said, what is your favorite yeah, color? Yeah. <laughs> way to bring it back around like a good comedian. <laughs> By the way, we skipped this one. <laughs> exactly. We jumped ahead a few, a few years. Um, so, so, so now y'all been together for some time and you're building oh, yeah. the business, um, and the podcast, what has the yes. podcast been doing for you? Like what, what's the, like, what's the, yeah. the, um, the idea, the concept of the podcast and I'm, talk about that, what it's, what it's been able to do yes. for you personally, business wise. Yeah. So, so like I said, you know, we, we first started talking, you know, doing the podcast or I brought the idea to Tammy because I said, we've gone through some shit, like let's let's talk to people about this. You yeah. know, we want to try to help people because we didn't have that or at least know where to find that sure. three, four years ago ourselves. And 
And once we got through, you know, we're, we're in season two right now, but as we were going through season one, the idea was just talk about business and entrepreneurship. You know, the, the um, name of the podcast is On The Verge, and it's for people who actually, side note, Another thing why I love Atlanta is I came up with the title while I was listening to a Gary V book <laughs> driving in February, driving from Atlanta to Florida to okay. see my family. Okay. And, and it just kind of hit me. And I, and I immediately texted her, or I think I called her. Inspired. Tammy, and I said, this is our podcast title. Yeah. You know? So On The Verge, and it's for somebody who is on the verge of getting into entrepreneurship or getting out of it. You're, you're, you're just kind of like, is this for me? What can I expect? Or you're in it and you're just like, fuck this shit. Yeah. And letting you know, like, no, you're not alone. Now, if you want to get out, great. Yep. You know, um, or, you know, somebody who's just on the verge of that breakthrough or breakdown yeah. or just whatever that you're on the verge of something. Yep. And let us help you. Let's talk this out and let everybody know who's listening. You're not alone in this. So halfway through that season, George Floyd came in and like I said, we, we hit that up. We couldn't not talk about that. And I think that was a turning point, um, for a podcast because even though it was about race in America, it really, we were able to kind of start talking about just culture within the workplace yep. too, yep. you know, and now work is done differently now too. Not everybody's working in the office from nine to five, um, you know, you're working from home and um, you try to have a seat at the table, you know, either as a minority, as a woman or whatnot. And like we're we're pushing past the, oh, I'm thinking about getting in, getting out. It's like, no, we're in this. Yep. What does this look like? How can we navigate it? You know, and and it's just been amazing because, you know, it's given us an outlet. Um, we've had a lot of people come to us and just just say how much they've appreciated the topics, even people that are not entrepreneurs, you know. They're on the verge of their own thing. Absolutely, yeah. you know. Um, and and I was actually just talking to a friend of mine yesterday who kind of texted me about it and, and was listening to our latest episode, you know, cool. start with what you have. Yep. And, and she's like, yes, she's like, I'm, I'm gonna do that. So I think just being able to touch people and reach people in a way that a year ago, I didn't think I would be able to. Did Gary Vee inspire you to become an entrepreneur? No, the commute to work. <laughs> <laughs> or the, 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 the lack of excitement around it, right? And what it was doing to yeah, you. Yeah, you know, sitting in traffic and everything. You know, and Gary Vee, he's an amazing man, you know, but just sitting in traffic and um, looking around and, you know, that, that tediousness of yeah. that yep. and saying that I can't do this this way forever. What were you doing before the entrepreneurship? Um, I was marketing manager okay. um, for a couple, you know, for a publication in Detroit. Um, so I've been in marketing for, you know, 10, 12 years and yep. you've built it up. My undergrads in mass communications. And at a certain point you say, okay, build up enough. Let me use it for myself. Yeah. So that's just, yeah, that's just been an amazing journey. But yeah, when I decided to get entrepreneurship, I said, I, I can't do it this way for another five years. I was enjoying what I do, but I'm, you always want to leave on a high note. Yeah, I think for me, there's a lot of benefits that you, when you can kind of create your own reality and, and you're dictating the world around you to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. You know, control is kind of one of those things. People don't think it actually really exists, but there are things you can do to manipulate your environment. And so, yes. you know, driving to work, 30, 40, 50, sometimes over an hour yes. for people. You know, I had to get creative and uh, I did a lot of like uh, like 
audiobooks, yeah. YouTube University, yeah. like just at least not letting it be dead time. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's different things you can do on the road, but um, but yeah, that, that commute and that, that time away from things like family yes. or you know, self-work or building things. I think that's one of the beautiful thing, beautiful things that has come out of COVID and the pandemic in a sense where, you know, people that have had the luxury now to be able to work from home. Yes. And, you know, we talk about the beauty that happens in like despair where yes. you know, some people lost businesses, some people lost jobs for sure. Absolutely. Yes. But you know, there is this kind of kind of resurgence of this almost like mini entrepreneurs, like where people can be trusted because they could always be trusted yeah. to work from home and they're going to show up and they're going to be productive and they're going to be part of this culture of this company, even if it's going to be a virtual mm -hmm. thing temporarily or moving forward. I mean, some of the things I'm looking at are, you know, businesses that can get leaner and meaner right now, businesses Absolutely. that don't need an office space, businesses that mm -hmm. don't need X, Y, Z, and they could put their money back into their people, their clients yes. or their business. So that's one of the beautiful things I think that's come from this. No, and I would agree with that 100%. You know, when I was in corporate America, um, we couldn't as easily work from home. Sure. Um, not that the work couldn't be done from home, but right. you know, um, and, and that was even something that was pulling at me where it's like, okay, and I drive 40 minutes into the office and to do something that I could easily do if I'm just sitting at my, my, you know, my computer and cubicle all day with headphones on anyway, yeah. I'm not even interacting with anybody for the most of the day. So why can't I? So, but also on the flip, you know, as an employee, I've, I've seen a lot of friends that, you know, working from home through June of next year, through the rest of this year. And even like we, Tammy and I talked about in the last episode, you know, start with what you have, gaining back those little bit of hours yes. per day to yes. start somewhere. Yep. So now that you don't have to go into the office, you still have to log in at 8 a.m., but now you don't have to wake up at 5. So right. 5 to 8, you know, those three hours you can start building your brick, you know, do an online course or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Do something for yourself. Do something for yourself. Yeah, you build know? something. That hour lunch that you would normally go and have with coworkers, yep. go get a workout in. Yep. Maybe you cut know? it in half, right? Work out, eat, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, so just now that you have all of this extra time, yep. using it wisely and using it to, to um, push your agenda, push, push yourself. Yeah. You know, and just do something that you didn't think was possible or that was not even possible six, eight months ago. I kept on seeing these, um, I guess, like maybe social media posts where it's like, if you don't come out of this pandemic without a new skill, like you're trash, essentially. And I was like, I don't know if I bet, <laughs> like essentially believe that. But there is some there is not some trash. Truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, <laughs> you're basically a loser. Like, and it's like, I don't think so. But I yeah, understand yeah. what you're trying to say. It's like saying that, like, well, you do have some extra time or maybe some yes. extra control in your day if you were mm -hmm. doing the nine to five with someone else to where go build that business or go pick mm -hmm. up that new skill. And so what I did is I leaned on um, I've always wanted to sing mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to I've always been singing on my own. But like yes. just no professional, you know, yeah. teaching, and it was always kind of like maybe a fear thing. Like I was afraid to like my mm -hmm. own voice kind of thing. Yes. And I, I signed up for singing lessons. Awesome. I've been singing ever since. And so it's like I also reached out back to a good buddy of mine. He's been on the podcast before. He was. Uh, I don't know if you know about Brazil's wedding culture, but they're like one of the most foremost wedding cultures in the world in terms okay. of like they get married every day of the week. Wow. It's a twenty-four hour wedding. Like it's a big party. Yes. It's a huge deal. Yes. And he was the number one wedding photographer in Brazil for years, so he was a busy, busy guy. Yes. And so I was like, you know what? This guy knows about photography. Yeah. I want to learn photography. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hooked up with a buddy. I was like, hey, teach me some photography, and we'll talk about some other stuff. And like he walked yeah. me through the whole like inception of how the first picture was made, mm -hmm. which was like um, there was this dark room that like 
no one had been in in years and there yeah. was different things like uh like pottery and different stuff and somehow because it's all about light and, and yes. somehow the light had burned an image upside down on one of like the the stainless whatever it was like yes. it was like some sort of thing and it just captured this image and that's how the first picture was wow. taken and so he's like i was like so i'm going into this first meeting with him thinking i need to know about my cameras and like because <laughs> a part of this too was like i've had these cameras for years like mm -hmm. a while and i didn't really know how to use them yes i knew how to use them for video but mm -hmm. like because of the jesse t show but i didn't know yes. how to actually use them for taking pictures. pictures yes yeah and i was like i have an eye for i think I've always been creative. Mm -hmm. I was into tagging, art, drawing, mm -hmm. all this stuff. So I have an eye for creativity and artistry, but yes. uh, you know, that was something that caught my eye. And so he, he's like, nope, you don't need to know any of that. He's like, you can get most of your great pictures off your iPhone. He's like, what you need to understand okay. is light. Yes. And so he took this, he's like, bring a shoebox. Okay. So yeah. I brought a shoebox and uh, on the hard side where the top comes off, he, well, that part, he put like this almost translucent white piece of paper mm -hmm. there. The other side, he punch the hole in it with like a pencil. Okay. And he's like, look through the box. And when you look through the box, you can see like an image of whatever you're looking at. And mm -hmm. he taught me all about how the first picture was taken with that story and yeah. like how light works and light's the most important thing. And just mm -hmm. having those moments where I was inspired by something saying, you know what, maybe I do want to like double down on like life right now. Yeah. And it's been Absolutely. beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, sometimes in it, you know, with this pandemic and, and lockdown and all of this stuff, it's, it's forced a lot of people just to get back to the basics. Yeah. Just to get back to things the that matter, like family, family, yeah. having one of the things, a habit that I started because all we really could, you know, gyms and everything were closed. Yep. I started going on morning walks Hell yeah! and it was like, okay, to get so out of the house. You. And now my morning walks have turned into an everyday for the most part when the weather permits <laughs> yeah. an everyday ritual yep. where I walk 40 minutes to an hour. I'm listening to an audio book because I can't just listen to it, you know, but and that hour, listen to audiobook. I'm decluttering my mind, so I'm also sending myself. I'm starting a draft email to myself for yeah. my to-do list for that day. Nice, you know. So by the time I'm done with my walk at 9 a.m., I've got an hour walk in, listen to a few chapters of an audiobook, yep. and my to-do list is is sent. You've to optimized me. your day. Yes, and mentally, it, it, physically, emotionally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and. And, and that in of itself, that's something very small, you know, somebody might think is very small, but over time I started to see how it was setting me apart mm -hmm. from, from other people. Yep. And, um, and not that I'm, you know, so much better than them, but I just became a little more efficient. Yep. And now I'm not behind the eight ball by 9am. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Like, cause most people are scrambling. They're like, absolutely. what do I do? How do I do it? And like, they, mm -hmm. they get overwhelmed and they start checking their email, which is like the worst thing to do first thing when you wake up yes. or last thing before you go to bed. Yes. Email is just a leash of what people want you to do. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I get email. Some things are important, but for the most part, like it can wait. It can wait. You know? yes. Um, even during that time, um, you know, when we started the podcast, I started doing video editing. So, you know, I bought, uh, a Mac computer from somebody I know for 400 bucks and you know, downloaded iMovie. Yep. And that's how I was editing our podcast, Beautiful. you know, for the audio and the video. And yep. then I started building my YouTube page and then just started doing my own videos where it's like, it takes five minutes to shoot a decent video, a few minutes, you know, yeah. and now template. So, so that was a skill that I kind of taught myself and was kind of just like, okay, I don't need to outsource this. Yep. Let me let me do this myself. Do it on so, your own. Jumping yeah. back to uh, your your walk and path in entrepreneurship, Absolutely. did you have uh, an example growing up, someone in your family that was an entrepreneur, people that you admired, that you mm. looked up to? Because like for me, it was growing up, I didn't, and and it was yeah. uh, my family is like half they do well, and the other half are mm -hmm. like 
like no money, right? And there were people that were doing well. I didn't know them. They were kind of like on the tertiary, like aunts and uncles and people that weren't yeah, like yeah. super, super close. And, you know, they might have been the entrepreneurs. So there's, some, there's entrepreneurs in my family and there's people that, you know, been working their whole life. Yes. And so for me, kind of part of it was innate growing up, like buying, selling, trading comic books, baseball mm-hmm. cards, like, you know, uh, shoveling snow for money, like whatever yes. hustle I could have. <laughs> But also looking up to people, even like Michael Jordan back in the day. Yes. Like Michael Jordan was huge. Like he was one of the first guys in sports to really like solidify a, a global brand. Yeah. And yes. now you, all you hear is the word brand, right? <laughs> yeah. He was one of the first brand guys. Like he had deals yes. with Oscar Mayer, Haynes, and all these different things. Yes. You know, and in movies and doing things outside of just basketball. Absolutely. Positioned himself for greatness. Even he was the greatest basketball player in my mind of all time. Yeah. So. Did you have someone that you looked up to that you either knew personally or that was like on the outside like a Jordan that was like an inspiration for you to kind of follow that path? Yeah, well, so my family, no one really in my family. I had, a, I think the closest, I had an uncle yeah. or I have an uncle who was 35 years as a State Farm insurance okay. agent, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but even then, I didn't connect that as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, he was still under an umbrella right. of, of sorts. You don't but, really own your own deal, yeah. I did that but, for a while. <laughs> but if I really think about it, he, I, I do recognize his path. You yeah. know, you, you, you start your little book of business that they give you, and then he had a storefront. Then he bought a, a house and converted it into his office nice. that he ended up having. So, so we started building his <clears throat> business and his assets and everything, and you know, and it was you know pretty well off. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't motivation, if you will. Sure. But um, and the rest of my family, you know, my parents, whatnot, you know, blue collar workers. You know, uh, stepdad worked at Ford. My my dad was, um, you know, had always worked in warehouses. My mom, you know, in the court system and everything too. So, you know, I've always been a working class family. So. I think the person that um, I probably connected with the most, somebody like Kevin Hart. Really? And yeah. it's funny because my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend does not subscribe to the Kevin Hart. Really? <laughs> really? I love Kevin. Oh, I do Amazing. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we've all had, you know, things. Exactly. You know? We've all had issues. But, but, the, but the thing, you know, the thing with about Kevin Hart and that I, I appreciate it is, and I remember him. I can't remember who it was, but I remember him saying. Every opportunity that he takes advantage of, you know, he'll basically say, well, aren't you afraid that people, you know, you're going to dilute people too much with you and this and that, all these opportunities. And he says, why not? Yeah. Why not take advantage of these opportunities? He's like, I know I won't be at the top of my game forever. I know people won't be seeking me, you know, right. as much forever. I know all of these right. things that we are in whatever this time frame is that take we advantage. are in yeah. to take full advantage of it. Yep. And turning everything that you do into a brand or how can you market it or how can you grow from it? Absolutely. You know, I started Willie Davis Realtor in my real estate business and then turned into the podcast. Then it turned into how can Willie Davis myself be, you know, a motivator and influencer with the people around me. And I also recognize too, and I don't take this lightly that, like I said, I didn't have many examples when I was growing up, but... I know I have cousins that are looking at me. I know there are people in my family and they have told me and see what I'm doing. And if, if by what I'm doing, I can help them see a different perspective or push them to, to branch out there or whatever it may be. So I know people are watching me and I know there are people watching me that I don't even know. Yeah. So I have to, I have to, I have to do this. It's interesting because I've, 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 gotten to a point where through the podcast, through the business, through some stuff that I do, like people 
you know, especially the biggest thing for me was just sharing my journey and my story, which yeah. for all intents and purposes, I've had an amazing life, but I've had crazy things that I've experienced. Yeah. And in mm -hmm. 38 years of life, I've probably lived almost two lives. Like there's a lot of stuff that's gone on. Yeah. And some of the stuff for me was very like shameful at a point in my life and mm -hmm. very like taboo to talk about. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you know, from like bullying or drug addiction, mm -hmm. drug sales. My dad was a, dr a junkie for years. <clears throat> Those are things you don't really like to go out and promote. Mm -hmm. But you know, through the help of David Goggins, if you know who he is, uh, he talks about Can't Hurt Me, and his story yes. is similar to a degree. And then, you know, uh, through the help of my mentor, Patrick Tucker, which, by the way, mentors are everything. Yes. You have to have wise counsel around you in every field, I believe. Yes. That's why I'm a consultant, because I can add value on the, you know, the financial planning piece, yes. right? But having people that kind of say, hey, you've got this going on for you, like, let this be your mm -hmm. sword, not your shield. Like, go ahead and yes. show people, like, your, your scars. And doing that and opening up that part of my life to people, number one, it completely freed me. Yes. So I don't worry about what people might find out about a skeleton in the closet from back in the day because yeah. I already talked about it. And then Absolutely. number two, to your point, is the people that have come out and said, thank you for sharing this or this mm -hmm. has inspired me to do this. Like I yes. wasn't looking at it that way. No. Yeah. And then and then now I get DMs, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Instagram, emails saying, hey, da, 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 yes. da. And it's, it's been beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and as you're saying that, it reminds me of one of the first times I was vulnerable and open and honest with public. Yeah. About some, um, a couple of years ago, I did a, um, I did a Facebook post talking about depression. Yeah. That's big. And Mental health is huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and it, my title simply said, I suffer with depression. Yeah. And I know we all do at certain degrees and certain levels and stuff. Yeah, especially, if you, especially if you live in the Midwest and you have seasonal depression or whatnot. Too, right. But Boston's the same way. It's dark yeah. nine months out of the year. Yeah. Like, it's just shitty. <laughs> so, but as I was sharing this with people and, and telling people about my, my journey and how I'm dealing with it, you know, I'm, yeah, it, I'm just giving them a few a few things that help them and, yep. and, and what they could do. And one of the first things was talking about it. Yeah. And, but in that, I got so much positive feedback, so much, um, even coworkers of mine that I see and talk to every day, I've had personal conversations with, and they say, I thought I had nobody else I could talk to. Wow. I thought nobody yeah. else would understand it. So yeah. I didn't talk to people about it and we've been able to talk about it. But then the other thing too, as a black man, you don't talk about that shit. Yeah, yeah. Black families don't talk about it. Men, no. We were talking about I go the to, men situation yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I go to therapy. We don't talk about that. So I speak about those things because there's other people out there who are being told or programmed or being conditioned yep. that it's taboo. You shouldn't talk about it. If you go to therapy, there's something wrong. Right. Um, if you suffer with depression, just sleep it off. Just that's just the worst thing with to do. It. Yeah, Make just, you more depressed. Just, yeah. just, just you got to move your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just whatever, you know, get out of my face. You're not depressed. Right. You're just having a bad day right. kind of thing. Brush so, it off. Like, yeah, absolutely. suck it up. So being able to even, so when I first started talking about that and, and I brought that up, when I, in those conversations from that, yeah. that's when I realized, I think that was one of the first times when I said, your story is helping people, Yep. you know, and that started to feed into, and I think that was probably one of those things where I, moments where I walked into my purpose, you know, and then everything after that, and I was sharing with people, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, you, you got to understand like, like, like we, you know, as, as people, it's been very generational. Like when my yes. grandfather, he's since passed, but he was world war two and he was completely like, 
stern, archetypical, mm -hmm. masculine. Like I'm pretty, I, I know for sure he did bad things, like like abusive to his wife, my grandmother, and, and my my aunt, my uncles, and my my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, not that it's an excuse, but it was a much different time back then. Yes. To the point where I remember one time, you know, back in my my hood, um, kids would go egging in, in Halloween, yes. like throw eggs at each other in houses, mm -hmm. shaving cream, like yes. we would just tear it up, right? Just yes. how that's how we had fun. And someone threw an egg at his house, and he caught who it was. And he came out and he slapped the kid. Like he gave yeah. the kid like a little, you know, mm -hmm. a little. We call it a dakada in Italian. It's like a little smack. Yes. And um, you can't do that nowadays. You can't. You shouldn't be able to. I mean, I've but been like, slapped and whooped right? and spanked and have right? any. But like, imagine a stranger <laughs> taking your kid. If you like, like my six-year-old yeah. Grayson and smack. No, that's not going to happen oh, ever. Of course. Yeah. But like, but 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 saying that, it's because they came from a generation that was even harder than them and even yeah. less informed than them. And they just came mm. down from this hard people. Like everybody in America is pretty much an immigrant. So it's like they've come yes. from these travels of like mm. hardship. And it's like they had to be tough to survive yes. and grow. And they just passed this. A lot of it is uh, really bad teaching down to the next generation. Yes. So like mm -hmm. as even as, you know, I'm a 38-year-old man. Like I know I've learned things in my life that I've since gotten away from that. Like I, I want to make sure my kids it's never have to see. Absolutely. You know? Yes. And I think that, um, you know, changing those behaviors and role modeling that it's okay as a man to step step out and say i'm not feeling it like i'm depressed yes. like and i've done this before too and i've put yes. my thoughts out there and i was like you know people go through these things and it's like number one it's okay yes everyone goes through mm -hmm. things and then number two i even put my stuff out there's like if you need someone to talk to because you don't yes. know who to turn to <clears throat> hit me up absolutely hit me up and i think yeah. that just now there's been a beautiful change, I feel like, in, in, in culture in a lot of different ways for the better. You know, a lot of work to do. But at the same time, it's like we can talk about these things. We can. And, and yeah. we, can, we can grow from these things and realize that, like, we're not alone. It's like mm -hmm. 7 billion people have 7 billion problems or more, you know? Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and even when I spoke to owners, I, I said, at the end, I said, if you don't know who to talk to or whatever, let it be me. Beautiful. Call me, text me, DM yep. me, whatever. Yep. And then, then we kind of talk about the generations and how the families were and, and even just how transparent that they are with, with certain things. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> kind of joke like my mom's side of the family, you know, both my grandparents, you know, have, um, have since passed, but we would kind of joke and say like that side of the family is like the CIA. Yeah. They don't <laughs> tell anything about anything. We don't know anything. Right. The kids don't know anything and the kids didn't know anything yeah. until they became power of attorney when they right. and they find out more things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you didn't, you know, my grandparents didn't talk about money yep. with the kids. Um, or, or just different things like that. My mom, you know, she's a little more transparent and stuff about, about money, but you know, I, still is a little older, whatnot, but it's just, yeah, breaking those barriers and what, what, you, what you want to, you know, pass along to the next generation and, and let your children or people in your inner circle feel comfortable talking to you about. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've learned through, um, first point I'll talk about is, mm -hmm. is there's trauma that's passed down in generations yes. from different things. And I heard this thing, and it was very beautiful. It was like, it's up to you to make your ancestors happy and like stop the trauma and like stop the negative story that's being passed down. Like it's up yes. to you to like change that. And they'll like, they'll smile on you for doing mm -hmm. that. You know what I mean? Um, and then also just, just being open and sharing that story. Like again, for me sharing my, my warts, so to speak, has completely opened me up in my business to the types of people I want in my business, yes. the types of people that I enjoy being around and vice versa. And then, you know, people that I'm meeting in life and it's just, you know, 
you can, I've found that I've been able to relate. There's not really many people that I ever meet that's a stranger, so to speak. Yes. And I'm able to relate to people because I do put that stuff out there. And yes. then you know what it does too is like a lot of times, because I've been in banking for years, you know, before I got into my own thing. And it's, uh, there's a lot of amazing people, but there's a lot of people that feel like they have to play a role. There's yes. a lot of people that feel like they have to be a certain like status or wear yes. the suit or the bow ties or like whatever. It's silly. But they're good people behind that. Yes. And it's so disarming and it's so refreshing when you can come from a different angle mm -hmm. and like it just when you say who you are what you do and people like see that it just completely takes all that away yes. and so like it's been able to really get deep into conversation with people because uh -huh. immediately they don't see me as a threat they see me as someone who's been through some a lot of the same shit they've been through yeah it's been a beautiful life because of it absolutely yeah. and and even with my business and you know with my clients in real estate i try to try to push that too. one I try to talk about my clients yeah. and everything and, and and how this experience has been beneficial to them and, and what their experiences have sure. been but me myself I, my business cards don't even have me in a suit and tie on anymore yeah. I'm in a good. white tee and jeans good you know I'm very good <laughs> like, like this is how we're you know, dressed like t-shirt yeah, and jeans you know, that's it but but even when I promote myself as a real estate agent or um, you know on social media I'm the guy from the neighborhood yeah I, and and the, the one of the most amazing things about my, you know, being in real estate and that I, people I've been able to help are friends that I went to kindergarten with, first grade, Beautiful. third grade, sixth grade. Yep. You know, we've gotten in trouble together. Yeah. We've laughed. We've, like you know, <laughs> you know, in your 20s, you kind of go your separate ways, yeah. college, life, family, and all of that stuff. And and being able to come back and, and reconnect with them because we have this connection. Yep. And even if I've known you since kindergarten or I just met you a month ago and you're a client, I want you to, hey, what, where do you look at? How, How beautiful is that let's, though? Yeah. Yeah. Like let's, let's build a friendship in the relationship instead of, you know, so it's, it's, that has been an amazing thing. And I think that's how even I feel I my business has evolved because in that first year, like you said, you're playing a role, you're trying to figure out yeah. like what, you know, okay, I'm in this real estate market. I'm in this real estate industry. Everybody's, you know, having their listings and pulling up in their Mercedes yeah. and getting out and taking off their sunglasses the and all the whole douchebag bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and you do that for a little bit and then you realize there's enough of that, yep. you know, and then you, you say, what, it, what is resonating with my clients? What is, res what makes me feel good yep. enough? to help make my clients feel good and happy and comfortable. And it's just this casual thing. That's it. Authenticity goes so far. And then also like just stepping into fully who you are as a mm -hmm. person and owning that. And there's a high, highly attractiveness to it in terms of like people seeing that, yes. you know, and they mm -hmm. see that you're Willie Davis. This is how you operate. This is who you are. And that you emote that 24 seven. And then you yeah. do say, Hey, this is an off day for me, or this mm -hmm. is something I'm dealing with. And like they, resonate with that even more yes. that whole like I got to a point I knew I had gone too far in banking I was in banking for about five years and I went from you know a smaller position to a really good position in a, in a relatively short amount of time but I was I was also even though I was still trying to you know be authentic I was still falling into the trap of like I had like 15 suits and I was doing the cufflinks and the socks and the bow ties and I was like holy shit like where has this gone yeah. and it's like now I literally cleaned out my closet all but two suits yeah donated the rest and I was like I may need this again in the future. You have to have at least one good suit, so I'll just yeah. keep two. You need a black them. or a gray suit. Yeah, yeah, I don't wear them anymore. Yeah. And it's like it's like people do business with people that they like. Yeah. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. behind that, so you have to yeah. like someone to have the conversation. Behind that, you have to know your shit. 
Yeah. Like if you're in real estate, you got to mm -hmm. know the market, you got to know the comps, you got to know the people, you got to have the contractors, Absolutely. the vendors, all the different shit that goes into that world. Yes. In my world, wealth management, there's mm -hmm. a ton that goes into like the technical side of that. Yes. None of that matters until we have a handshake yes. and we like each other at some level. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I'll even tell my clients, and I had a conversation with a client about a week and a half ago too. Um, she, had, um, she had signed a contract with a previous agent that she didn't even realize she signed. He just kind of slipped it in there. So Snuck it, in. it was already some unethical yeah. going on, but she got out of it the right way and, and whatever. But as we were writing offers and we're looking, I told her, I said, one, I'll never, I've never had a buyer sign a buyer's agency contract with me because I just don't give them a reason to leave. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to make you sign a three, four month contract with me and lock you in with me. Yeah. Um, and then have to, then you have to put in writing to me and my broker that you want to get out and have that awkward. Pain in the ass. If it, yeah. If it's not working, it's not working, but I'm just going to make sure I give you a reason not to leave me, Yeah. you know, because when I mean, I need to eat. Yeah. So of course yeah. I'm going to, so whatever that I need to do to make sure that you're happy, you're satisfied. Um, and that new client I got, you know, we're, I mean, on the way here, got an offer accepted. Congratulations. Thank you. That, that, so. that belief <laughs> is so attractive. It's sexy. It's like, okay, I believe that I'm going to deliver you X, Y, Z, and I'm going to give you the best service that I possibly can. Yes. I'll right any wrong. And you know mm -hmm. what? I'm not going to hold your feet to the fire because yes. I believe that that's going to be valuable enough mm -hmm. to get the job done. Yes. And it sets the tone for a relationship versus like, here's a contract. You're stuck with mm -hmm. me, whether you like me or not. It's like... Yeah. Just take that off the table. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and even when that contract was sent, it was stuffed into paperwork from an offer. And I said, this is, first of all, this piece of paper should be discussed mm -hmm. on its own. 100%. You know, disclosed. just, yeah. yeah, disclosed, not thrown in and mm -hmm. here's a signature line. Sneaky issue. And actually, because he was so unethical, he actually fucked himself over because there's, there was a timeline on it, mm -hmm. but then also... <laughs> There's there's an amount of time after a contract expires that you can put in there, but he didn't fill it out. So, so I'm like, dude, like half-assed it and was sneaky, <laughs> and the fates said, you know what, yeah. done. Yeah, you know, so it, it you know, so j just different things like that. I I realized even in this business, the more ethical that you are, will even overshadow if you're wearing a suit and tie or yep. whatnot. Just just being an ethical, authentic person, and okay, if it's not working with that client, you're not for everybody anyway. That's right. You know, if you, if that's you, a go, good thing. you step into it and realize you're not for everybody anyway, yeah. that's half the battle. Listen, for me, you know, I, I, I was uh, chasing after clients for years mm -hmm. uh, with my previous company and it was a, it just wasn't where I wanted to be. And it was yes. like every January because I was 100% commission. And commission's mm -hmm. fine in a lot of industries, but in the financial services, like financial planning industry, it makes it really muddies the waters because it's like yeah. a conflict of interest. <laughs> Do I need to sell this product and service to feed my family that mm -hmm. may or may not be the best fit for you because I need to eat? You know what yes. I mean? So removing all that stigma and removing all those things and like operating how I operate today, it's just freed me up to live the quality of life and business that I want to run, the types of people that I want to have in my business versus just yes. every January 1 essentially starting over yes. um, because there was no reoccurring revenue and there was yes. no building of the business. It was like somebody else had my clients and all that stuff. I just mm -hmm. said, you know what? I don't want to live there anymore. Yes. Quality of life and like having a business that suits the life I want to live is super important. Yes. But then also having the relationships within that business with the people I want to work with. Mm -hmm. And so I date my clients now. So I, I literally, mm -hmm. when I meet with a client, 
it's someone I, I have a relationship with at some level. Yeah. And we start courting each other. Like we start talking, we start mm -hmm. connecting. I bring them in through an onboarding process. It's really unique and really helps yes. me identify who they are and what they need so that I can deliver on that. Yeah. And I think that if people operate in that capacity where A, you know who you are, mm -hmm. you know what you can deliver, and you are just a fucking good human being. Yeah. People resonate with that. They do. Yeah. And and that will spill into your personal life. That'll spill into the friendships you have. For sure. You'll start to attract the great relationships. Yep. Romantic relationships and then you know, people that you want to All the ships rise. Every everything does. The tide goes up yes. everybody else around you. It's like this beautiful like symphony of success. Like it's just this an interesting, you know, you which kind of ties me back to the next thing I want to talk about is yes. in, in your in your life yes. and in your business and, and just to be an entrepreneur, to be someone who's doing podcasting, to help other people, obviously you have to be skilled at multiple things, but really what you have to focus on is <clears throat> self-care and self-work yes. and, you know, learning things and growing and being fit. And so like, what are some of the tools <clears throat> that you use? You know, you mentioned walking, which is huge and that helps yes. in a lot of ways It does, yeah. for thinking and for your body and like mm -hmm. all these different things. What are some of the tools that you use to stay sharp and on top of your game when it comes to operating at all those levels? Yeah. yeah. Um, starting my day off focusing on myself. Yeah. So whether it be walking, getting my workout in it, I, I got a quick 25 minutes in before I came here. Beautiful. I was kind of running like, but I said, hey, I need, let me, let me do I've this. I've done those. You know. Yeah. Um, but waking up and taking care of yourself. I don't really get into emails before yeah. 9 a.m. Smart. You know. Um, so yeah, so doing that, um, my faith is very important to me. Beautiful. Um, you know, I grew up Baptist, you know, I go to a non-denominational church and I serve in there. And, and like I said, just, just kind of working and, and stepping into that, yep. but, but just understanding that I'm not doing this alone, Yeah. you know, it's and, important. and also understanding that the important work that I'm doing, there's a purpose behind it. Yep. So if I'm speaking to somebody or if I'm helping somebody work, just, just, you know, sometimes I'll pray about it and say, I hope I say something that resonates with somebody. I hope, I hope this touch, I hope this moves, I hope it does what it's supposed to do for that person. Yep. Um, and then also just surrounding myself in whatever it is, whether it be the podcast and real estate, my, um, my person surrounding myself with the right people in those those um those arenas yeah yeah your yeah. tribe matters i mean like Absolutely. the people that are around you like whether it's health and wellness spirituality mm -hmm. whether it's business friendships i mean that matters absolutely yeah you know some of the people i work with in real estate i know i can't do a podcast with yeah some of the <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know and also people you know you know doing podcasts with or whatnot it, you know it doesn't work with other things you yeah. know so different things like that um but really so after all of that understanding that everything that i'm doing I want to do, yep. and I'm putting my best foot forward. I'm fortunate enough at almost 35 years old that everything I am doing and that I've agreed to do and I've attached my name to is what I want to do. Yeah, that's a beautiful, that, even that in no, itself. No matter how much money it makes me, no yep. matter what level of influence that it is or where it's at, I want to serve at my church, I love my church, and I do that. Yep. Um, my podcast in the time and effort, you know, to do that, to record them, to edit them, to produce them, to yeah. market them, to yep. all of that. But it's something I believe because I believe in it and in real estate. And there's a lot of clients that I have that will get, like I said, many no's before they get to me. And I said, this person does has the right and deserves to own a home. Yep. So what do I need to do to make this happen for them? Yeah. 
you know, and when I have in and outside of all that, but when I have conversations with my friends and people were coming to me for some kind of advice, trying to remove this ego out of it. My girlfriend put me in check the other day about it, but <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny. You know, but but just trying to remove that ego and and understand, okay, what do they need? Yep. And how is my delivery going to be for? But but yeah, just serve leadership. You're there yeah, to serve, serve, but you're also there to lead them through the process and help them. Honestly, yeah. you know, for me, um, being in the wealth management game, ninety something percent of wealth. I don't know the exact number, but ninety percent of wealth is transferred through real estate in this country. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's most people become millionaires. I think there's more millionaires made off real estate than like anything else. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's it's incredible that what you're able to do, you can mm-hmm. change generations. I was just about to say that. That is, that's one of the easiest. I was just talking to my sister about this the other day, how to build generational wealth within real estate. And that's another thing in the black community that we are behind the eight ball on. And not necessarily just because of systematic, you know, systematic racism, but just because those are not the conversations that we're having. So how can me and my sisters with our partners and our children have those conversations like to build something. Educate. Yeah. Yeah. Educate. Inspire, achieve, like like give the tools necessary. I mean, a lot of it is like having those conversations and and then being able to provide solutions for the next generation and say like, you can walk this path, you can Mm -hmm. do this. Like it's up to you. Work ethic and effort are gonna matter, but Mm -hmm. here are the tools. Yes. It's on you. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. I can I can lead you to the door, yep. but you have to walk in. You 100%. have to step into it. Yeah, man. This is the template. Go do it. Do it. Yes. Outside of the Jesse T show, what are some podcasts you're listening to? <laughs> <laughs> on the verge. Yeah, on the verge. <laughs> Love it. Love it. I'm done. <laughs> so so um, you mentioned Gary V is a thought leader. Yes. Um, some some other thought leaders or, or podcasts that are helping you in your walk in life in any of those capacities spirituality yes. physical fitness anything uh, um, business yeah honestly it's it's not even so much as podcasts as much as they are um, you know a lot of audiobooks yeah I yeah I do a lot of audiobooks like I said the the Gary Vee top audiobook. three audiobooks that you've enjoyed per, you know like, you know what, like business said, personal yeah so like I said you know one of Gary Vee's audiobook um like I said it really helped me come up with the title of yep. it you know unfuck yourself yeah um I also like um own the moment yeah um and that one really just you know you know pastor in New York and Hillsong and he's He's, he's walked the life and walked the path too, but realizing in each situation how you can own that moment, yep. no matter how crazy that situation may be, no matter how muddy it might look, no matter how it, you know, you might not be in the beginning of it, you might not be able to see how there's any kind of solution in there. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like how you own the moment. And sometimes own the moment is owning the fact that you might be wrong yeah. or you might have interpreted something wrong. It goes back to that ego. Got, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. So I, I love those. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Well, dude, we could talk for hours. I know. We definitely do. <laughs> we have many more hours to go. I'm going to make an intro for you before you head out down the hall is a good buddy of mine. I think I want to be a perfect okay. match for you to connect with. Okay. Um, but uh, it's been beautiful, brother. Yes. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, man. I love it. Thank you. He's the amazing, the mighty, <laughs> the powerful Willie Davis. I'm Jesse T. Be sure to catch us on next week's episode of The Jesse T Show.